The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to the Pride to Detroit PODcast. POD stands for Pride to Detroit. It's the first three letters in podcast. Hence, we call it the Pride to Detroit PODcast. You know this is our damn dirty secret now. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Running duo here with my man here, Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Jeremy Reisman, our fearless leader, is on the road. He wanted to maybe check in from a hotel, but I've tried doing that before. It's no good. It's no good at all. So it's just you and me, Ryan. I, I think the only time that the Wi-Fi in a hotel has ever worked well when it was international. Yeah. And I yeah. was in and I and I was in Punta Cana. No, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we had other issues that night with you in Punta Cana, but I would agree, like <laughs> hotel Wi-Fi in America is where it's just <laughs> awful. Just I, I don't know what it is about it, but I've never really even in some of the upscales ones, just the Wi-Fi there is just oh. haven't been very good. Um no. but also, Chris, you, you mentioned too that Jeremy was on the road. Um wh- where's he on the road to? I think you know where that is. <laughs> uh I think if he listens to this tomorrow, like if I can just see Jeremy getting in a car, turning this on. And within the first five minutes, we're already talking about uh, W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G, and he would be very, very upset. Bingo, He'd what's be- its name? Oh, hey. He would be <laughs> mad. Red mad been- what, what if What if we did spend this podcast just talking about pro wrestling? We're not going to do that. Um, Mostly because I haven't been watching in a while. I mean, I think that what I would say to that is, have you heard that Pride of Detroit is hiring? I mean, they might be hiring two more people on top of that. I think that's mm. that's what might happen. <laughs> it's very true. It's very, very true. Except you and I both know where he keeps all the skeletons. Yes. Show up for, yeah, we'll show yeah. up for the We're Senate inquiry. <laughs> we'll show up for the Senate inquiry and we'll be like we'll be the star witness. Uh, uh, I'll have to sit on I'll have to sit on like three couch cushions like Zuckerberg. Jeez. You won't make the fish eyes, at least, I hope. All right, let's talk about some lion stuff on that note. 
So we just got done. Uh, we, you and I just got done. We were writing up some notes from the day, kind of playing, putting out our fishnet out there to put, trawl in all of the Lions news of the day. And I wanted to talk about one that caught your interest, which was Gil Brandt, senior NFL analyst. And I mean, Gil's, Gil's been pretty good to Lions, I would say, in past years. Has he not? He's yeah, usually really he excited about Bob Quinn and the front office and all these things, but he was out there ranking his top, I believe, 35, 36 receivers of all time, all time, throughout all of NFL history. And Calvin Johnson comes in at number 18. Hmm. Is Gil being good right now or not? I mean, it, that's, that's always the thing, right? Is it only good if your guy is getting the, the pump? Because similar, I don't think this is too many people arguing too much because like there's some guys ahead of him that I, it's like, okay, the, the main question is, does, is Calvin Johnson a top 10 all wide receiver? And depending on your criteria, you've got several things in play here. One is that he just didn't play that much at the end of the day. Like he, he played quite a few games, but fairly short for what it is. But granted, there's also some guys on here who used to be old timey in the league who probably played even fewer years. But and then there's some guys in front of him, like I, I mean, I don't know. Andre Johnson is 16, Calvin Johnson's 18, Paul Warfield, James Lofton, Tim Brown, obviously, like Chris Carter, I believe, is number 10. So it, it's it's all a matter of where you put uh some of these guys. I don't think it really gets completely defined in his list until about like eight or nine when he starts getting into uh, name, name redacted and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I, th- I think Chris, what, what is the most difficult thing? And if Jeremy was here, he'd, he'd be happy that I'd be channeling his spirit, but like, it's really hard. I think to compare like era to era, because if you look at, I mean, if you're basing it off the of statistics, some of these guys that are included on this list in front of Calvin Johnson, like how, how could you even say, say that they belong on this list ahead of him? But at the same time, the forward pass wasn't what it is today in today's NFL. Like Tom Fears, for example, number 17 on the list, uh, played from 1948 to 1956. He had, you know, just a shade under 5,400 yards and 38 touchdowns. Um, how are you going to even compare that to a guy, you know, Calvin Johnson holds a single season receiving record with, you know, 1,964 yards in one season alone. So um, it, it's, it's difficult to compare era to era, but there are some guys I think that are on this list that are from the Calvin Johnson, you know, era, so to speak, that I I don't think should be ahead of him. I don't think Andre Johnson should be ahead of him. Um, I think Larry Fitzgerald is a really good measuring stick for almost anybody. Um, but uh, I think that comes back to the idea of, uh, you know, durability and just doing it for so long. Like Larry Fitzgerald sure. definitely has that checked off in his column, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Cause like, I'm, I'm with you. I always think the next generation is always the freakish athletes is just always better. That's always why I'm going to have LeBron over Jordan. If you ask me about the question, I don't care about how many rings LeBron, if he caught Jordan, his prime would just beat him like a redheaded stepchild just on how <laughs> physical and just well-trained he is versus Jordan, who just does not get that same kind of athletic, performance endurance out of his trainers whatever i mean maybe if you gave jordan the same regimen maybe i don't know i really don't know but 
these kind of generational things happen. But at the same time, too, I, I do know the NFL is very much so a league that is very uh, forgetful of its past, more so than, say, like baseball. Like if this was in baseball, we'd be able to make better comparisons, I believe. But I think so. Yeah, but this kind of brings me to something else that was happening too, because we we had this just what over the weekend, right? You you were in the midst of it about the NFL Mount Rushmore and how Cowboys fans were mad. Yeah, cow, Cowboys fans just typically always mad when Barry Sanders gets gets the rub um, in favor of you know their boy Emmett Smith. I don't even know what the argument is for Emmett Smith, to be honest. I, I think the argument um, is. Uh, hashtag running back wins and also just the fact that he you know held on until his very last finger slipped from the cliff playing for the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. um, so that he could break Walter Payton's record I, I I just don't I don't find any I don't find any true value in that like I don't look at that and say you know what I really appreciated that I got to see Emmett Smith you know um, on his last leg uh, churning out like you know three yards a carry for the Arizona Cardinals so that he could best a record. Yeah. This is longevity versus art going on here. Same thing. I think with when, when you're arguing about where Calvin Johnson belongs on here versus some of these other guys, it's a matter of, cause when it comes to Barry Sanders, like when he, when he cut a lane, when he cut a lane the way he did that, that, that right there is what I think a lot of Lions fans would say. Yeah. That puts him above Emmett Smith. Yeah. Just, I don't, I don't. I hate to be the eye test guy, but I I can't think of all of the runs that I've seen where I've seen Emmett Smith get a football and run with it that impressed me that much more than what Barry Sanders was able to do. Um, sure. But I mean, going back to what I what I said about you know holding on too long, um, it, it it's different though. Like with like a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who's still like in you know incredibly effective and efficient as as the receiver he is right now um it, it, it's just different like holding on too long like you know Emmett Smith by the time he was uh he was I don't know got 34 35 years old when he played with the Cardinals he averaged 2.8 yards per carry and then 3.5 yards per carry in in his final season like who who's signing up to like watch that and remember that and be like ah oh, remember Cardinals great Emmett Smith <laughs> yeah I mean, Brett Favre was doing that, too, at the end, too, right? Talking about the great Minnesota Viking, Brett Favre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the thing I appreciated the most, I think, from the uh, NFL.com uh, Mount Rushmore is they asked uh, they asked Jalen Ramsey, who is on his Mount Rushmore, and he said, my Mount Rushmore is me with four different expressions. <laughs> that is, that's the answer <laughs> I want. That is good. <laughs> Yeah, I and meanwhile I'm looking at the bottom of Gilbrand's list and like he's got Odell Beckham Jr. above John Stallworth and Fred Boletnikoff and Lynn Swan. Like and we're talking about history here. Those three, like that's history to me. And Odell is great and he puts out some that that's that's where my adherence to athleticism is starting to really wither there. So but funny mm-hmm. enough, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that when I'm looking at Calvin Johnson. I'm just wondering, is that maybe a a, a fan thing? Because we really grapple with this all the time. Because you, I think at the end of the day, you want your sports journalism to be, I mean, your commentary and your journalism to be opinionated. You want it to be truthful. But 
how much of the time does that just fan fandom tends to just get in the way of those things? I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I, I don't know. People don't think I'm a fan. I, I, I am a fan. I root for this team, but just, you try to say something that isn't to a hive mind and just everything just starts to get murky and accusations come out. And yeah, here we are. We started the first 10 minutes of this podcast defending Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson over, over Chris Carter and Emmett Smith. Sure. Yeah. And I think, I think there's definitely something to be said for that. You know, the, the fact that I am a Detroit Lions fan probably has me wanting to champion Barry Sanders more than Emmett Smith. Um, cause I think, I think that there's something also to be said that you do want your, you do want your, uh, sports reporting to be, um, flavored and, and opinionated. Um, at the same time, I think a lot of people, they also crave for it's that fine line between that and objectivity and, and looking towards statistics and things like that. Um, I just, Calvin are just two very unique cases, aren't they though? Just sure, because they both sure. retired like at or very near their prime. Yeah, and I think I think the years have been I mean, the years have absolutely been kinder to Barry Sanders. He's had more of them. I don't know if it's gonna be the same way with with Calvin Johnson. We're we're speaking of how bad the NFL is with history, it feels like we're even worse with the players from the two thousands right now. Maybe because they haven't faded into history yet, but it just I, I, I don't know. It it feels like you're kind of dealing with some generational issues when it comes to talking about the history of some of these players, maybe because those who grew up with like Calvin Johnson haven't really, you know, taken those positions of roles where they're speaking from an authority that would lend it to create a legend, like say Barry Sanders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the one other thing about Gilbrandt's list, Antonio Brown, number five. Wait, what? Yeah. Antonio Brown at number five. Come on, man. Yeah, ahead of ahead of ahead of the likes of uh Terrell Owens, uh, you know, some other names we mentioned, uh Larry Fitzgerald, number eight, name redacted. Um Name absolutely redacted, yeah. please. I <laughs> yeah, wouldn't put him but, I wouldn't put him above TO. That's TO people people really sleep on how good TO was. TO was very good. Um TO is forty He's how old is he? I think he's is he forty years old and he can still run like a four four forty, something like that. He's he's a freak. It's, like I I would I would mine would probably go like Rice Moss T O for my top three, but and then I'd have to get in some like historic someone historic or something maybe. But those have to be my top three, and I will not take any prisoners. Um, Randy Moss, very good. Very good as well. Number three on the list. Don Hudson, number two. Do you have a problem with Jerry Rice being number one or no? Um, no, 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 no. Because like I, I get the arguments between Moss and Rice, but Rice, I, I get it. He played for a lot of teams who are like really good and he got to win quite a bit, but he was also insanely good. Yeah, I don't know. I think the difference is when we start talking about Moss versus Rice, we start to get into the rings business a bit too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I just decide to step off. Thankfully, this isn't the kind of just dumpster fire we do when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, that 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 tends to be a little bit much too. But I love Moss. Ever Moss ever, so ever tried to, ever try talking to someone about Montana versus Brady, especially if you get an old head who's like really into into Joe Montana. 
is is the Montana versus Brady argument a lot like the Jordan versus LeBron it is, argument? But it doesn't. Just, I, I don't think it has as much power as the Jordan versus LeBron one because I think time has faded Montana a bit, and there's a bit of generational divide. Plus, uh, it's harder. Like Brady's a lot closer to Montana when it comes to rings as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and then yeah. I totally agree. I think that just kind of NBA Twitter serves that up a little bit more. And like you said, Montana's like faded a little bit. Well, um, Montana's got like what four and Brady. I mean, no, no, Montana's got six. Brady has four versus where you would be with Jordan and LeBron. You'd have six versus three and LeBron moving now to three different teams in his career. Yeah, yeah, I just think it's 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 really easy with with Montana with the four Super Bowls and not losing any. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, just, you have that's, Jordan, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. Right, and Jordan winning six and not losing any, but then Brady and LeBron kind of being a little bit imperfect even though Brady does have a winning record in Super Bowls. So, yeah, and I think again just the stats speak for themselves when it comes to Brady, but I don't know. I, I'm willing to hear Montana arguments because, again, my thesis is we are all just very forgetful in the NFL of history. And part of that is, is that just when history comes out in the NFL, it always comes out and like the men were tougher back then or something like that. It's never about a particular like type of play that was brilliant, that the likes of which will never be seen again, unless it's in very remote cases. And as we've been talking about here. Sanders and Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All, All great right. points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I'd make them sometimes. Let's, <laughs> take quick, let's take a quick break. Do you want to do list cast or do you want to do way back first? We're, we're doing, we're doing pass rushers this week for list cast. Mm. So how, how about, how about we jump right into list cast? Give the people what they want. I give the people what they want. All right. We'll be right back. Listcast coming up, top 10 pass rushers, just me and Ryan today on this crazy train we call the Pride of Detroit POD cast. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One. All right, let's start our list cast. List cast music. It's back, baby. We are continuing on our positional list cast of the summer because we are bored. We have little else to do. We like to talk about the Detroit Lions just fine, but sometimes we like to talk about the top 10 edge rushers of 2018 and who they are going to be. We like to see sometimes if a lion makes their way onto the list. However, I will say today that Sporting News did list Ezekiel Anza's franchise tag as the worst contract on the books for the Detroit Lions so real quick before we dive into the list cast your thoughts on that I don't know if I completely agree with it I mean from a raw like money standpoint sure like he's he's definitely overpaid because I don't view Ezekiel Ansa as a top five I mean no spoiler for my list cast but I don't view him as a as a top five defensive end in football um, at the same time, though, I think the article kind of mentions that if the Lions don't get a deal done, then they'll really regret paying Ezekiel Ansah what they're paying him for one year. And I disagree with that because 
I think they're in this moment where they kind of just needed like a stopgap. They want to kind of put Ansa on like a prove me type contract. If he ends up playing out of his mind and if he ends up having an incredible season, something that compares to his 2015 season, uh, then good for him. Like go ahead and take, take your statistics and head to free agency and, and get paid by the Miami dolphins or, you know, but that doesn't any serve other, the, the Buffalo bills. Though, right. It doesn't serve it, the it, lions. It, it doesn't, but I think I think what it would serve though is if he does have a good season this year, I think that that would really help the Lions, and I think that that's what they want him to do. And I mean, I personally, I don't think that he's worth the the type of money if he can prove to be healthy just one season because he's he's dealt with so many injury problems in the past, and they're also in this very transitional moment too. Wouldn't you agree with hiring Matt Patricia? We're not really too sure, mm-hmm. like exactly like what he needs out of his defensive ends or how much he values them, how much they should be spending on that positionally. I mean, what, what, what was, what was your thoughts on, on the contract? Here's the thing is I kind of agree with it. If only because I get what you're saying about the prove me deal, but in my mind, this defense right now is still, there's nothing that a single outstanding year of play from Ezekiel Ansa will fix about the underlying problems that, are plaguing the front seven of this Detroit Lions team, no matter how much gets it gets shifted up. It's going to have to take something out of the park to make this front seven a stable defense come time for the NFL season. And I still believe it's going to be the Achilles heel of this team. And the question you have to ask me then is, does Ezekiel Ansa fix that? Well, no, because they want to switch to a 3-4 base and they want to put more emphasis on the linebackers and I, I just, I don't know, man, there's just, there, there's not a lot here for me to like about this front seven. And I'm not going to spoil some mailbag questions we have, but we did get some questions about position groups. And I just, I, I look at this Lions defense and I just think, okay, this is just, this is where it's going to be the rough year. This is people, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Lions fans realize like how bad this defense was. And they just assume Patricia will come in and fix it right out of the gate. And I just don't see it that way. I don't believe that to be the case. I think that to be magical thinking. And if they do turn it around in a massive, uh, you know, Rams-esque turnaround, then great, fantastic, wonderful. But I just, I, 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 you can't get me to go to Vegas and put money on that. I, I, w- I wouldn't recommend doing so either. You know a lot about Vegas. I yeah. know a little bit enough that I just kind of want to get on a plane and go there right now. Well, once Michigan passes sports gambling, you won't need to. That's a very good point. All right. Let's talk about list casting then. We were four minutes in. We've kind of burned enough time since we don't have Jeremy here. So let's go through our bottom five real quick. We'll rotate 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and then we'll do our top five. So are you ready or should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. You kick it off. The master I'll, of ceremony. I will kick it up. Number 10 for me is Terrell Suggs, who is, in my mind, still probably, he's up there in age, but old man strong, as always. And I believe that in a pass rush, this is pass rush. There's going to be linebackers on here, too. And I believe he, he he's he's the one that keeps the Baltimore Ravens from sliding into just oblivion right now, in my mind. Number nine on my list, I have Calais Campbell, defensive end for the Jaguars. 
he is insanely disruptive. He's only he, he's only ever had one season of double digit sacks, but I mean, man, you just look at what the Jaguars do, and he's a big part of that. He he's just yeah, he's good. Number eight Very on my good. list. Number eight on my list is another <laughs> Jaguars defensive end, Yannick Nega. I can't say his name, man. Yannick <laughs> Nagakui. Nagakui? Yeah. Sure. He's good. Really, 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 really good. Number eight. And I don't know if he might be higher on for you, but JJ Watt. Uh, maybe I'm getting into really injury. tough. I'm getting into, I think we're getting into Andrew Luck territory with JJ Watt, which is, Hey, do you, um, we're kind of, he's eight on my list banking on the idea that he plays and that he comes back and he still looks a little bit like JJ Watt. That's Fair it. Enough. All right, let's get yours. Hey, uh, uh, similarly enough, I have T sizzle. I have Charles Suggs at number 10. Um, Man, how just impressive has his entire career been? Uh, last 35. year, he... Yeah, 35. And last year, he was second in the NFL among edge defenders in, in QB hurries uh, with 57. So um, he's still just the man. Uh, number nine on my list is Miles Garrett. Um, admittedly, like, uh, he, he dealt with some injuries. Um what I thought was really unfair, though, NFL.com, they have their own Snapchat account, and they rated him as the worst number one pick of all time. Why? Because he got hurt? Come on. Because he, because he had a down season. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I, have it I, have, I have receipts. I have it screenshot on my phone. So I have receipts for when NFL.com eats their words because I, I, Miles Garrett will um, – I think he'll have He's going to go up. Yeah, I, I'm with you. He's going to go up. Yeah. Uh, so I got Garrett, number nine. I have Jadavion Clowney, number eight. Oh, God, there's another name I forgot the Texans had. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I mean, he, what what a career arc for him too, right? Like, to go from basically the guy who, um, you know, basically took the last year of his college season off. <laughs> uh, right, didn't really, right. have, yeah. Yeah, that, that went so weird because, and I totally get why he took that year off too, because there was that quarterback for South Carolina whose name's not on the top of my head right now, but he he got hurt so bad he just could not play football again. Oh, uh, the the running back Lattimore. Yeah, yeah, Marcus Lattimore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, you're, you're dealing with that in your background, and you just pancaked Vince Smith from Michigan, and probably <laughs> the most impressive college defensive play of the past twenty years. Really. <laughs> and, and yeah, man, you're gonna make big money. Take the year. Sure. So just a weird career arc for him with you know trying not to get injured ends up getting injured comes back and he's just proving that he's he's an incredible football player he's uh, next on my list number oh yeah number seven clay is campbell um oh i think you jumped uh, just, go go right ahead you're into seven you yeah, know no it's fine do seven and six and then i'll do my seven and six okay sure so yeah clay is campbell number seven uh what a story with just you know, one play, and I know it took the the kind of like the step up from you know Jalen Ramsey adding AJ Bouye, um, and the, the other defensive lineman Yannick, um, at you know getting some higher level play from those guys, but then they throw in Calais Campbell on Jacksonville, and he completely just bolsters their defense and turns them into you know one of the best defenses in the league. 
Um, he's he's great. He's incredible. The last decade or so, I would say, just such a yeah. good. Team. And, and and they have every they have every right to be just as good, if not better, this upcoming season too. So I think that'll be really cool. Funny um, enough that we're looking at them more. and wondering what they're going to do with quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, they gave Bortles money, so we'll see. We'll see how they that like goes. Bortles. Number six, they like Bortles. Number six, JJ Watt. Uh, if he comes back and if he gets hurt again, then um, you think he's a done? Huge bummer. Uh, I, I I don't know why you keep on playing football. If you, I mean, one of the greatest the greatest ability in sports is availability. And if you're not on the field, then what are you doing for me? So yeah, I'm um, there with you. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt just because he m- might be legitimately one of the best defenders in NFL history. Uh, but uh, I, I need you on the field, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I put him in number six. So what do, who do you got at seven? Number seven for me is Melvin Ingram. Uh, okay. Just- I mean, I, I admit I did not pay a lot of attention to the Chargers last year. So going back to the stats, going back to the logs, seeing so many good Chargers players out there, I was like, oh, wow. They were the Rams definitely. This is the problem with them being in L.A. now next to the Rams because the Rams sucked up all the news and all the energy. So when the Chargers did get good that last year, no one noticed. And, yeah, right. I, I think I've mentioned a few other Chargers players on previous list cast. Mel, Melvin Ingram playing opposite Joey Bosa, like, yeah, he's good. Very good. So, I mean, last three, he's, he's, had, he's averaged almost 10 sacks a season the last three seasons. And the thing was, too, with him this offseason, he was a free agent. He ended up mm-hmm. getting that contract um, from the Chargers, and I, I think that to keep Ingram with Bosa and kind of let's just see how that ends up working itself out, um, I, I think that that was smart on them to to go ahead and, and pay him. Yeah. So we're getting up there and I'm realizing like, this is, this is where, see, I, I really wanted to, I really want to put Cameron Wake on this thing, but maybe because I put Suggs on, I only want one old man. My number six is Chandler Jones. Uh, not much else to say. He led the league in sacks last year, 17 sacks. Uh, he's going into his seventh season. He's in his prime, and he's looking really good. Yeah, on an on an otherwise pretty bad Cardinals defense. Yeah, just he he's that bright spot. There's a, quite a few mm-hmm. guys like that. All right, we might as well do our top five. So why don't you do five, four, and three for me? Okay, uh, number five, I have Melvin Ingram. You you know just spoke on him a little bit. Uh, he was number six on Pro Football Focus for edge defenders, um, behind a couple of other guys that I have up higher on this list. But um, yeah, talked about him a little bit. I, I love the I love the idea of keeping him with Bosa and seeing if maybe you can, um, you know, just be healthy. That's been the Chargers' biggest problem, right? Is that they always just get bit by the injury bug. So as long as they can stay healthy, I think that'll be really interesting. They don't have more. They don't have many more years of their of their quarterback either and i think once once um i can't I, it's getting hot here i have the fans off so Philip rivers thank, baby philip rivers, rivers thank you bolo tie sorry my brain bolo is heating tie. up bolo tie there once he goes off riding off into the sunset with his hordes of children i don't know what the chargers are gonna do <laughs> i hope them we'll, we'll see we'll see what they do we'll see what they yeah. do um uh and then my number four is uh the New Orleans Saints Cameron Jordan. Um 
he was actually number one, uh, according to Pro Football Focus last year among edge defenders. Um, just a great pass rusher, a superb run defender, kind of does a little bit of everything for you. Um, he he had a good season. If you want to talk about just raw statistics, you know, 14 quarterback sacks, uh, 47 quarterback hurries, um, 10 batted passes, which was number one among all edge defenders. We love batted passes. Um, we love Ace Watt Robinson, so how can I not love Cameron Jordan? Uh, different <laughs> players, but albeit all things considered, he he was like a big uh, force on that New Orleans defense. So uh, like Cameron Jordan. And then number three, uh, Von Miller. Von Miller, number three. I have two guys ahead of him who, uh, as always with, mo- with uh, most other list casts that we've done so far, these guys are, it's just like picking your flavor of who you like. I don't think that there's yeah. a whole lot like skill wise that, you know, differentiates these, these players from one another. Um, but Von Miller, man, uh, it, it's hard to argue against him. I mean, probably by his standards had, had a little bit of a down year um, that Denver defense kind of took a hit. We'll see how they do next year. You know, no, no keep to lead, um, but 10 sacks last year, uh, 12 quarterback hits. Um, but he's always just in the backfield. He was actually first among all uh, edge defenders with 61 quarterback hurries. So uh, Von Miller, man, really yeah, good. I like him. I like him. Number five for me. Uh, let's see. I left off on Chandler Jones, right? You did. Okay, cool. Thank you. Sometimes I forget these things. Cooked brain and everything. Uh, number five for me is I, we haven't named him yet. Everson Griffin. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, defensive end for the Vikings, once again, I think people, I think Lions fans, you just got to keep watching out for the Vikings, man. He he was, he had 10 sacks in eight games last year before he had that torn plantar fasciitis. And honestly, if he was, if he had been healthy all season, I probably would have had him maybe even higher on my list right now. Mm-hmm. Just, there's, he, he scares me. He scares me. He's going to try to eat Matt Stafford this year. And I'm not <laughs> ready for it. Uh, number four for me is Cameron Jordan. I think you summed it up pretty well. It, it's amazing that each time we go through this, we keep thinking of the Saints as an offensive team, and we keep naming a bunch of defensive players they have as well. I think they're probably going to be a team to beat in the NFC South. Totally. I mean, this is kind of this is kind of the Drew Brees swan song, but man, what a what a song to go out on if this is it. I mean, they were they were a missed tackle away from going to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, pretty much. It, it amazes me that Drew Brees, a guy who just never had the measurables, like A, has been that good that long, and B, they've been able to build that kind of a team around him. Especially in a snake-bitten front. Like, historically, the New Orleans Saints, historically, which is probably one of the worst franchises in the league. Oh, there's a lot of competition for it. Yeah. New Orleans is right up there. It was one of the most pathetic organizations in all of the NFL. I mean, before Breeze rides into town, right? Like, I mean, you're you're talking about the New Orleans Saints in the same breath as the Detroit Lions in terms of NFL yeah, or franchises. Yeah, like old school Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something. Like, yeah. just one yeah. of those teams that just people forget. People people wonder why pro football never took off in the South. That's because they got fed teams like the Bucks and the Saints <laughs> and the Falcons. They're, their their shining moments were Archie Manning and uh, Mike Ditka trading their entire draft for Ricky Williams. 
Uh, number three for me, and I don't think you've named him yet, and I dread com- what's coming up on your top two, uh, Khalil Mack. Ooh, okay. All right, fair enough. Just, I mean, my God. I don't know what else to say. I, I'm worried about what Gruden's going to do in, in Oakland, <laughs> Las Vegas, but sorry, I'm <laughs> off in here. What do, you, what do you have to say, or is he on your list? Oh, he's on my list. Just don't right, mess this get, up, Gruden. Don't mess. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're, we're all looking at Oakland going to be Vegas and be like, please don't screw this up. It's too fun. Why, why don't you go ahead with your top two? Because I feel like you're about to jump into Khalil Mack somewhere. Yeah, I most certainly am. Number two, though, before we get to Khalil Mack. No Whoa. Spoilers here. Um, number two, I have Joey Bosa. What? Wow. Joey Bosa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Joey Bosa guy. Uh, I think that this upcoming season, like that AFC West, I'm going to say that it might be the Chargers to lose. I know that the Chiefs, you know, they're they're primed and they're ready. They're going to go with Patrick Mahomes and they have they have the weapons on offense and everything. But holy moly, man, like if the Chargers can just stay healthy, I know that's such a hard thing to do in the NFL. But when you have a pass rush and you have two guys on your defensive line, like I think the only two other guys that I'd I'd rather not see more than Ingram and Bosa lined up across from me would obviously be what the Rams have in Sue and Donald. But what my goodness, Campbell and, and Nagakui. Um, there are a lot of good defensive lines in the NFL. The Lions do not have one of yeah. them. So <laughs> that, that, that's the cliff notes of that discussion. But Bosa last year, I mean, 13 sacks, uh, 51 quarterback hurries. Uh, that was good for seventh um, among among all edge defenders. Um, also though, really like just a, a solid player in terms of not only his like pass rushing skills, but, uh, even, even against the ground game, like a, like a, like a solid run defender. Um, but man, a pass rushing s- specialist through and through. Um, so, and then number one is Cleo Mack. I, he's incredible. Like I, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to put anybody above him on this list because I just, I love everything about him. His name is great. Like Khalil Mack might be one of the best names in, in all of the Khalil league. Mack. Just, just great. Turn just absolutely great. Mac. Return like, I, of the Mack. I, I mean, I guess I'll just say his stats. I mean, he only, you know, 11, 11 sacks, 13 quarterback hits, 55 quarterback hurries, uh, you know, 55 tackles. Um, that was good amongst all. Uh, that was best amongst all edge defenders. Um, uh, just 53 stops. That was also tops amongst edge defenders, and, and stops are um, solo defensive tackles made. Um, so 53 cleanups by his by his own some, and he had 55 tackles. Um, so Cleo Mack, just a guy on that Oakland Raiders defense that, you know, even though they had a down year last year, um, was still just kicking ass and taking names. Absolutely. All right. Number two for me is Vaughn Miller. I think you summed it up pretty well. Uh, freak, just freak 83 sacks in seven years and uh, really good. And I think we've been forgetting about the Broncos quite a bit because they have been that great. And I mean, he's going to have Bradley Chubb alongside him now too. He's just going to have all sorts of goodness opened up for him to just run like a, like a, like a marauder through the backfield. And he's in Old Spice commercials, so. And he raises chickens. 
and he raises chickens. Like the guy does everything. I well, I love him. Number one, and this, you know what? Uh, from now on, we're going to have to do this as pass rusher because we used to do edge rushers before, and now that we're at pass rushers, I love this because my number one didn't even appear on your list. And I think it might have been either an mm-hmm. oversight of you or maybe we didn't define pass rusher that well. But number one for me is Aaron Donald. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Like that, if we're doing like interior defenders, obviously he's number oh, one with a bullet. Yeah. Like, okay. So you're you're making you were doing like linebackers and and defensive end. Okay. Yeah. Like I was strictly trying to stay to like you know either like three four outside linebackers or defensive ends like those types of guys. Um. Like let let it be known before you get into why Aaron Donald's great is that Aaron. Donald's the best defensive player in football, and he's probably going to go down as maybe like one of the you know ten greatest players in NFL history. Um, and Lions fans will forever chaw at the at the bit for missing out on him. But you know what? I as much as I hate that the Lions missed did. out him, a lot of teams, yeah, did. a lot of teams did. But I, I mean, do you think, given the contract situation we've seen with Aaron Donald on a on a team that's on the up and up like the Rams? Do you actually believe sitting here thinking that he would still be with the Lions today? I would hope so, man. I would really hope they would. But that's that, that's <laughs> my know, point. That, but that's my point, though, is like, yeah, you don't know, and I don't think that would be the case. I think just given how this team has kind of gone up and down, yeah, maybe they do better with Aaron Donald versus Eric Ebron, but I don't mm-hmm. think he takes that contract to return to town. I just don't, I think he goes to free agency. I mean, check, check this out. The 2014 NFL draft where Donald was taken, you know, 13th overall. The number one pick that year was Jadavion Clowney. The number five pick mm-hmm. was Khalil Mack. Um, I mean, later on in that draft. Yeah. An, another guy that wasn't on either of our lists, but was, he was, he was a guy I was considering there at like the 10, nine spot was Demarcus Lawrence from the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Like, I mean, just a lot of good edge defenders in that draft. And so, okay. Uh, so my number one problem was on me. Cause I went interior, so I shouldn't have done that, but we, we will but fix that, that up. You know what? He's cast. a pass rusher. Sure. Does, yeah. d- d- does, does he rush the passer? Absolutely. He does. Absolutely. So you know what, Chris, this is just, this is just an instance of you being adequate, but I would say like, even <laughs> yeah, like better than adequate. Cause I was thinking outside. Yeah. I was thinking around thinking, thinking hard, trying to, trying to make the plays looking all over. But I did tell you before we started, I meant pr- primarily at defensive end and linebackers. So that was on me. That was me being adequate. Just very on brand. Yep. All right, let's take that quick break. List cast is done. It's time for the Wayback Machine. I like that we're doing this right now because it is now starting. I, I've, let, me, let me tell you something. Over the weekend, it was insanely hot here in Los Angeles, this, the city that Jeremy is now escaping. I slept in like 85 degree weather in my apartment, inside in my apartment. And I've had the AC off now for about an hour as we are doing this podcast. And I'm starting to really get delirious now which is perfect because now we are jumping into the way back for November 6th, Detroit Lions 30, Green Bay Packers 17. As the Lions finally get a win back and go back to 500, break the three-game losing skid, and beat up on a Packers team in Lambeau. In Lambeau, I will add, mind you, 
but just mercilessly beat up on a team without Aaron Rodgers. And I guess my question to you as we before we dive into the statistics was were even without Aaron Rodgers, with Brett Hundley in the backfield, were you expecting a game in Lambeau Field, mind you, in that house of horrors, where the Lions don't allow the Packers into the end zone, uh, I believe with like less than 10 minutes left in the game? Yeah, there was that cheapy that they scored. Yeah, the one um, it was like a QB sneak with that what the one yard line. Yeah. Yeah. Um well here's the thing. You say all of those things. You say the Aaron Rodgers injury, you say Brett Hundley in there. Um, you know, the Packers are clearly just not the team that everybody thought they were gonna be at this point in the season without their franchise starting quarterback. But then you say that one thing, that three word phrase in Lambeau field. And that just throws everything through the ringer, right? Like as confident as I think, as, as confident as I think a lot of people were about going into this game and getting a win. I think that people were also, they're just scared to death of that house of horrors. Dude, we were smelling the juju. We're like, what if Brett Hundley has a game like, like, uh, Matt Flynn, uh, like Matt, uh, the Matt Flynn game. Yes, exactly. Right. Well, it's also too, and I mean, this is another thing. It's also incredibly hard to just ignore history. The Lions had lost 23 consecutive road games in Lambeau from 92 to 2014. So, like, you can't just erase 23 years of your life (laughs) of being, you know, just entirely petrified of going into the stadium and, and trying to come out with a W. Yeah. Well, I think what Aaron Rodgers' injury did to the Packers just reveal just how how much of a house of cards it is without their quarterback. Could you imagine what the Packers would be if they had that much better team around Aaron Rodgers? Uh, much better. Uh, because Aaron Rodgers is probably the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> We're going to do this now. The Roger, that's going to be the next thing. It's not going to be Montana versus Brady. It's going to be Rogers versus Brady. That's going to be the Marino Montana of this generation, except, you know, uh, Rogers actually got a ring. And I think wouldn't, wouldn't Rogers be pretty analogous to LeBron though, just because like, he's always been like the guy. Like, I mean, there was the, you know, two years ago no, when it was, I, it was, it was Rogers and no receivers. Jordy Nelson was hurt. It was a, it was a cast of, you know, just, it, it was just a cast of wash offs. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Aaron Rodgers dragging their corpse to the NFC Championship game? I think so, but I I like my Marino-Montana comparison a lot better, though, just because, I mean, it it works. It just works because Marino-Montana was in those same generation and had that. Because Marino was in that boat, too, with the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, on this game, just, I I don't know, what, 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 what in your mind stood out the most? For the Detroit Lions here, Stafford put up like 360 yards. Uh, as I said, the defense held them to just three points until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I think I think what stood out the most was that it was a decisive victory. You know, I think that this game was never really ever in doubt for Detroit. Um, they were just, it, it just seemed like the Lions were in control from start to finish, um, even though... <laughs> This was the game, too, where uh, the Packers did score that touchdown in the fourth quarter, and Gruden, he made that remark about, oh, we got a ball game on our hands, and it's like, it's 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 a wash. It's, nine, it's 9.50 to go, Gruden, and they're, and they're down by, what was the score at the time, 10 to, 10 to 30 or something like that? Yeah, it was, it, the game was 
almost completely out of hand. Gruden, and- Gruden was just trying to sell that game. He he des- no, it was it was ten it was ten to tw- uh, I believe twenty at that point. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was two scores and the and the Packers just couldn't move the ball. Yeah. So yeah. Um the the Lions run defense looked pretty good. They, you know, held them to seventy eight yards total on seventeen carries. Um all things considered, I th- I think that you know, we thought that that was probably a victory because in the sense that it didn't seem like, especially with the way that the Lions secondary was playing, that they that the Packers would want to build a game plan around Brett Hundley throwing the football. It seemed like that they were going to try to, you know, um, they had some momentum with like, uh, <clears throat> you know, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery trying to run the football, trying to, you know, do something on the ground with the Lions being able to hold them to only 78 yards. I think that was really um, I think that was really what gave Lions fans some promise and some hope because if I can just reference this one last part from Jeremy Reisman's game recap it says Detroit now sits at four and four a full two games behind the Vikings but closing in the Lions are currently two and oh in the division and if they keep up that record in the NFC North they could very well be competing for the division crown in December (sighs) Jeremy 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 when will you learn I'm not sure if I was. I'm not sure if I was quite there with Jeremy. Um, I've sold off on the team by now, and I think I think that's it. So I mean, obviously, my opinion still hasn't changed that the Packers weren't a good team. It was not a good team the Lions beat up on. But what, oh, yeah. do you remember what your reaction was at the time? Because you you mentioned Lambeau being the house of horrors, and yeah, you beat them comfortably in Lambeau. But objectively, if we play that team on a neutral field, what are you saying about this win? Like resume, uh, like as as putting on a resume, I guess. This was this was a game that the Lions had to win at this point in the season, right? Yes. Like, there's no way there's no way they could have dropped a three and five. Like Jeremy Reisman doesn't write that little blurb at the end. He doesn't write that you know sense of optimism that potentially could have still been there. You know, Minnesota looked good, but I don't know if they were necessarily the world beaters because they were dealing with their own like issues at quarterback and you know Sam Bradford Case Keenum you know what's going Dalvin on Cook yeah yeah the Dalvin Cook injury we didn't know that Minnesota's defense was just going to be on fire the entire year um but yeah I mean I think I think if you lose this game all sense of optimism flies right out the window especially if you put it in the context of what had happened in weeks past with the Steelers and the Saints game um, but yeah, I mean, if it's on a neutral field, the Lions get the win. It's like, yep, yeah, that's what they should have done. They should have taken mm-hmm. care of business. Agree or no? I think so. I think so. This this wasn't a good Packers team in any stretch of the imagination. This was just for whatever reason, the Aaron Rodgers things just took everything out of them. And you just saw what a threadbare team it was without them. And yeah, I mean, they, they've got the stats to prove it. Once again, though, the great story is the the ground game the lions had less rushing than green bay did 64 on the day to the 78 from green bay and, and this was but, a tough one for abdullah too two fumbles in this game oh, one of them which fumbles. he lost yeah he was averaging less than like two and a half yards i believe mm-hmm. and jeremy's f- favorite little stat he had a long of 21 of 11 so yeah so 20 so essentially 20 carries for uh 37 20, yards 37 yards yeah Theo Riddick meanwhile not that much better and then you look down the depth chart you don't see much else hope there so I just <laughs> Theo Riddick had five carries for 11 yards but he had a long of 14 
Yeah. So he had four he had four carries that went for negative three yards. <laughs> but on the plus side, we did see continuing Golden Tate and Marvin Jones both had simultaneously good good games. Both of them went for over a hundred yards passing. Jones had the two touchdowns, but Golden Tate was just as impressive when it came to, to production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Both both big games out of them. Marvin Jones, that opening drive. Um the there was a flag that got thrown on Daniels um for uh, uh, in a, uh I think it was like an illegal hit like a head-to-head contact with uh Travis Swanson and that kept the drive going set up that first Matthew Stafford to Marvin Jones uh I think it was 25 yard touchdown pass but yeah it it seemed like they were in control from start to finish and it felt good like this felt good to go in and win in Lambeau I mean the Lions had done this now two out of the past three years. So it felt good to get a win on the road, even though, did it feel cheap? I mean, without, how, without how can Rodgers? it not without Aaron Rodgers? How can it not without Aaron Rodgers, right? It, it, it feels like, it's like you need this win. You hate them. You know they're going to beat them. So you've got to be opportunistic about it. But if you've got to be opportunistic about it, that implies being cheap about it, I guess. I, I will say this, I mean, and yeah, I mean, the stats speak for themselves. You had, what was it? two fourth down stops and I believe three, three and outs that you force on green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is on the field. None that doesn't happen at all. So mm-hmm. just the whole game changes. The whole outlook on this game changes. As you said, it was a game. The lions had to win. If Aaron Rodgers had been on the field, I would have said, yeah, you have to win this game after dropping to three to three and four, but can you? I, it, this is, this is a, we're so now week nine in the NFL and we're looking at this lions team. Still not sure what's going to happen perfectly at 500 beat green Bay when they should have beat green Bay. And you've got just a cupcake schedule for the next couple of games with Cleveland and Chicago coming up before you have to take on Minnesota, Baltimore and Tampa Bay. And I believe at that time we, we were all penciling in like, okay, you can win those except for maybe Minnesota. Like I know the Lions had just beat Minnesota in there. That's where it gets that's where it gets tricky because you beat Minnesota on the road, but they're and there's coming home to Ford Field. Thanksgiving, all Thanksgiving. that stuff going in. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you're looking at four, maybe five wins coming up, maybe. And yeah, man, I don't know. You had to have this. You had to have this to stay in the hunt. And I think Jeremy was right in that if you just take care of business, you can be right back there. But as always. Business doesn't happen the way you expect it to in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. You lose, you win comfortably in some games you're supposed to win. But if it gets close to coin tosses or even in games where it's not supposed to be a coin toss, strange things happen, man. Strange things happen on the road. Strange things happen at home. Just it's, it's one of those leagues where it's, maybe it's because we put so much emphasis on the single games because there's only 16 of them. But mm-hmm. it's it's hard to just oh, keep totally. winning. Like once again, we had people saying the Lions can run the table after Green Bay, and as we'll see, that's clearly not the case. It is is running the table your least favorite sports cliche there is. I have some other ones that I really hate. I think ring that count, might be a good ring, list. Ring counting is on there. Yeah, that would be a great list cast. Actually, our our least favorite sports cliches. Yeah, I'm sure Jeremy would have momentum up there, like top three. <laughs> he hates momentum. Momentum. 
momentum. The Lions had the Lions. I wonder if if Jeremy was here, if he would say whether or not the Lions had momentum heading in their favor after they won this game in Green Bay. It's quite possible. We'll have to ask him next week when the Lions play Cleveland and we step back in the wayback machine. But for now, we're getting out. Can't keep doing that. I get winded when I do that. Oh my god, it is so hot in here now. We're almost done. Yeah, I'm in one last segment. And you know what it is? It's the mailbag. That's right, baby. Mailbag. You guys have filled in up the mailbag at the last moment. Thank you. We will have your questions coming up next. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Melta. 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 News here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. Ooh, we've got summer questions. We've got Lions questions. We've got all sorts of cool stuff here to talk about. Uh, we would normally read reviews, but Jeremy's not here, and that's Jeremy's job. No one else is doing it. And I'm decided. And we're all union here, so mm-hmm. it's not my job. We're a union. Who's our representative? Braun Strowman. Mm, that would be a really good union leader. I think it would be, but I think actually our our union rep would be Brock Lesnar, and he's just really hard to get a hold of. <laughs> I like that. All right, I've got food questions, drink questions, Lions question, and a Fortnite question. Where do you want to start? Uh, I want to start wherever you... I want to start on the beginning of the road to WrestleMania, so you take me down that. All right, Bud Dog asking us, because it's July and it's hot as hell, which flavor of Gatorade is the best? Ooh, this is a tough one. This is this something is that we could top. also probably list cast. Oh my drinks. God, yes. Well, like just top five. I could probably do top five Gatorade flavors right now. Actually, you know what? Here, get, get me, get me right here. Number five is Fruit Punch. Number four is uh, Glacier Ice, I believe, is it? Is that the name of it? Okay, yep. It is, like it is glacier ice. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Number three is oh crap. Um, actually, glacier ice should be is three. Uh, orange, the, like the orange tangerine one, is is four. 
Number okay, two is blue, number two is blue raspberry, the darker of the two blue flavors. And then number one is lemon lime, the original. See, Chris, you're a man. You're a man who shares quite a few things with me. One of them being your taste in Gatorade flavors, because number one and number two, both with a bullet, are cool blue and uh, and I lemon mean, cool. lime. I think my personal flavor. Yeah, I think my personal favorite though is cool blue, but I really can't put it above lemon lime. <sighs> it's it's really it's it, yeah that's like one one a right there, and then glacier frost is really good as well. But cool blue and lemon lime is just really hard to beat. They had a lemonade flavor that was actually pretty good too. Ooh. I can't remember the last time I had it, mm. but um, yeah, no lemon one's lime. The I actually, stuff, right? I don't think so. No, it tastes like. It tastes like cough medicine. That might be a plus to some people. (laughs) I'm good without it, though. I like that fruit punch stuff a lot, but there's a lot of other better fruit punch flavors out there that you should just not be having Gatorade. So somebody I used to play hockey with, his brother, uh, David, drank nothing but fruit punch. He drank nothing but the fruit punch flavor of Gatorade an entire summer. And do you remember those commercials of Gatorade where, like, they were sweating, sweat, but they were the sweat, sweating the like colors. the beads of yes. Gatorade. Yes. He legitimately had he legitimately had a red like he always wore the same hat throughout the summer when we would hang out. We'd uh, hang out for each other like days upon days. And he had like a red ring, like a sweat ring on his head. And I was like, that can't be real. Oh man. Oh. Just no. Football yeah. question coming up here from Constrictor14. Is the AFFL legit? It's the uh, flag football league. We just had them in the notes you today. Include- Javid Best is playing yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. I, is know. it legit? I don't know. Like, I was really big on I was really big on the idea of the big three, the, mm-hmm. the, the league that Ice Cube had started. Um, and I'll be honest, I haven't watched almost any of it. Yeah, like I, I thought get, it would be something um, that would really like. I thought it would something that would find its like niche in you know the summer months where there is no basketball. But guess what? Like the NBA off season is entertaining enough in itself. This is a bad year so, for it too, with the World Cup and everything as well. Right? And yeah, you're you're right. the The NBA off season is just like it's 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 like entertainment tonight for men. just insane i i like the flag football thing though i haven't watched a lot i don't have nfl network right now my cable package or else i probably would because you know me i like all and i annoy jeremy with it but i like all iterations of football so i will watch affl i will watch canadian football i will watch japanese college football i'll I'll watch it if it's out there i'll try to watch it good on you because yeah. I mean, I'll watch clips on Twitter. I won't sit down and actually watch it. I'll, I'll, I'll thing with me with foot with TV a lot of times too is I put it on for background noise because it's usually in the same room as a computer, and I will just like last night I was working on job applications, and I'm just keeping that on. I just have Amazon Prime playing in the background, playing like season two of Deep Space Nine. Just I, I just Ooh. find videos to keep running in the background. Fair enough. What'd you say ooh about Deep Space Nine? Um yes. <laughs> I love Deep Space Nine. Should we, should we get into that or no? Get into what? Deep Space Nine? Deep it's Space good. Nine. Probably my favorite Star Trek out there. 
I don't do a whole lot of Star Trek, but I, I do remember watching Deep Space Nine. So good, good crew, good, good cast for it all too. I, I was, I was watching, the, I was watching the pilot episode too, and re- remembering what a uh, sleazeball uh, the Doctor was. I forget his name off the top. <laughs> But like, yeah, I can't just, remember it either. But yeah, the total scumbag hitting on all the women and acting like he's going to be like <laughs> this frontier hero. He's so slimy, and I love it. <laughs> oh. Oh, good, anyway, good, good stuff. Let's take a uh, lion's question here before we jump into more uh, food questions and summer questions. Justin slash Lions Sharks fifteen asking us, what do you think is the one weakest position that is keeping the Lions from going to the Super Bowl? don't even need to get hmm. to the Super Bowl, just basically the uh, even just getting to the playoffs. And I think we've got, we've got a similar question here from Cameron Bonk. I'll read both, and we're kind of giving a generic answer to them. Uh, which player is most likely to take the jump into the next tier in their position group? So by way of merging these two, what do you think is the, the position group that has the most promise and the one that's just a dumpster fire and you're giving up on? The... I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it's, I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I was going to say it was the linebackers, but I still believe in Jared Davis. Um, for me, it's, but yeah, as for far, me it's a line. Like I love a Sean, but there's no one else for me that I can trust on the defensive line. I know. Like I, a, a huge carry Hyder guy. I don't know what he's going to be like coming back from an Achilles injury. Um, Ezekiel Ansa, I want to hope that he's healthy. And if he is healthy, we know that he's, you know, capable of of being one of the better, you know, edge defenders. But I don't know. It's it's tough. Like, how, am I supposed to put a ton of stock into Devin Kennard when I don't really know like what he'll look like in this offense? Um And I get it. We're supposed to look at the tape and we're supposed to polish it up and tell you how great these guys are if you just watch, you know, 40 hours of their tape from college or from their previous teams. But I just I can't do that. I can't. I can't tell. I can't. I can't sell you that Kool Aid. Not yet. I re- Not before the recipe's I re- out. I. I re- exactly. I really tried to. I'm really trying to back down from doing that. I think I often catch myself trying to do that. Like, well, you know, if we get the best version of this player, if we get the best version of that player, if we get the best, like, how often does that ever happen? Yeah. If the stars align in the house of Aquarius at the in, in the age of Gemini, we will be just you know an eternal dynasty. We'll be nineteen and zero by season's end. I can't do that. But yeah, things things don't work out like that. I don't know the the the, the positions where I think the Lions would most need to improve. Um, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to have two answers. I'm going to say linebacker and defensive line. Um, but what about the second part to that question? What holds them back, or what's going to who's who's going to um, be the most improved? Yeah, like who's going to take their their jump into the next tier? Honestly, uh, wide receivers. I mean, we've we've been getting quite a bit of play on them, but I still think a lot of people sleep on Golden this post Calvin Johnson era with Golden Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. And if you get Kenny Galladay healthy too, like you're going to see some spectacular grabs from a few of these guys. I think. I that that was initially my answer, so I'm going to give another answer, and I think it, mine's going to be the secondary. Yeah, I'm expecting I'm expecting big things from Tabor this year. I think that they. They clearly drafted him because they thought he was talented. They brought him along really slowly. But with Slay and Tavon Wilson coming back and Quandre Diggs, Glover Quinn, like hopefully Glover Quinn will have just another outstanding season and that'll finally put them on the map. But I think like this unit as a whole, 
Um, I think that they have a lot of good things going for them in the right direction. So I'm going to say that the secondary takes a takes a step up because I don't think you would see the Lions secondary on anybody's like top 10 list. Yeah, absolutely. We've got two Fortnite questions. Are you ready? I can't wait. By the way, folks, join our Discord. It is in my profile on Twitter, Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. And Reno and Ryan here and Jeremy all play Fortnite. I still don't. I don't know. I just haven't gotten into it. I, I have bad experiences from the last... Well, last time last time we did this, you guys dragged me into Overwatch, and I hated it. You hated Overwatch? I, I enjoyed playing the, the healer, but like I got tilted real bad some games. You were there for it. When <laughs> I would just get really, really mad because I would play Mercy and just get nuked every time I would come out. Nuked. I haven't I haven't played Overwatch in at least eight months. Um, There's a new hero coming. It's a wild. hamster and a robot. Sign me up. Um, <laughs> but uh, that honestly might be enough for me to get up on my shelf and put it in my yeah. PlayStation. But all right, let's uh, get to these Fortnite questions, though. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, first one from Why Not the Lions. Where's your favorite place to drop in Fortnite, and how many wins do you have? Truthfully, I, I think like our favorite our favorite spot to land is like Haunted Hills, um, like up in the northeast corner or northwest corner of the map. Um, so like either like Haunted Hills uh, or Junk Junction, and then kind of like make our way back around up through Anarchy Acres, right up there in the north. Um, I think that's where we like to land the most. When we're the most upset, um, we like to land in Tilted Towers and kind of just get out our frustration and um, all of our all of our pent up animosity amongst one another because somebody did something wrong in the last game literally tilted towers yes Mm -hmm. second question from cj which would you rather do which would you rather have to play fortnite with ninja or lions nfc playoff conference game dvr is broken (laughs) lions nfc playoff anything fair enough i I like playing Fortnite, but I don't I don't know if I like playing Fortnite enough to say I'd really want to play Fortnite with a popular streamer. I don't know. Ninja's cool. He wears he wears a Stafford jersey during uh He does. During his streams, which is cool. It's wonderful. All right. We got a few more questions here. Uh let's see here. We've got a few res- re- regarding Jeremy now. Uh, RBQ Herzog asking us which restaurant in Detroit has the best monster, best mozzarella sticks. I, I just don't, the, the mozzarella sticks thing has, all right, uh, this isn't a rage corner, but I need to say a few things about the mozzarella sticks thing. Okay. First of all, like if you like mozzarella sticks, that's fine. I have no problem with you liking mozzarella sticks. However, I will not tolerate people who say that mozzarella sticks belong on your appetizer platter above just about any other type of appetizer like literally imagine anything else i don't even care if it's like quesadilla like if you're getting a quesadilla as an appetizer from a bar that's Uh, gonna taste better than a mozzarella stick there's one thing i'll put below it and that's fried pickles they're always like Nobody does a good job of frying pickles. I mean, like in theory, fried pickles sound incredible, and I'm sure if they're done right. Um, but if you're going to like Lone Star, or if you're going to like, yeah, it's like ordering like a, a jalapeno popper. Just no one knows how to fry pickles or peppers or any kind of 
vegetable yeah. that isn't an onion. No, they struggle with it. So yes, that's I, why I, a lot of people I, fuck up okra too. Like everyone, like I love good fried okra, but so many people just make it as a slimy, disgusting grease ball. But if you get someone who can actually make like real fried okra, that is probably my favorite appetizer. Yeah. Okay. Mozzarella sticks. It's fine to like them. It's fine to like them. Just yep. quit, quit pushing your agenda on me. <laughs> Question from Bring Back Gym Shorts. I disagree with you. What will be the first Michigan tradition slash specialty that Jeremy partakes in now that he's a resident again? Uh, this is kind of a... Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. I don't know if this really counts. Because it's kind of like a Northville type thing, but uh, we're gonna do trivia, Alex, Jeremy, and myself, and potentially Kyle Yost too. And I, I know that we want to get him in on it. We want to get anybody in on it that lives in Michigan. To be honest, um, Chris, when you come back, if you're ever back on a random Wednesday, we would love to go play trivia where we play trivia at. Um, Once my life stabilizes, man. Can't wait! I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't know. What What do you think? What what do you think Jeremy should partake in, Chris, when he gets probably back to getting Taco Bell at nine o'clock in the afternoon? I mean nine o'clock at night. Having a easily accessible Wendy's. Going to McDonald's and ordering fresh fries with no salt and then asking for salt packets. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good right now. Let's see. Uh throwing out his wheel on a on a pothole. Front front passenger side wheel, just he's front gonna he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna sh- screw up the shocks or something. I don't know. I don't know much about cars. We're not doing car talk. <sighs> yeah, let's let's leave the car complaining talk about complaining about the hum the complain about the summer humidity. Ah uh, yes. Uh, well, what about winter? I can't wait for Jeremy in the winter. Oh my god, he's been living in L.A. for how many years now? He is going yeah, like to seven freeze. Or years or whatever. He's going like, to. He's going to be so upset, like a damn popsicle, because it's never that good snow that you could get in like Minnesota or New England. It's just the disgusting, awful lake effect slush. Well, one person's trash is another person's treasure. That means snow days for me so i oh, sure. love that yeah. wet nasty garbage snow but uh i can't you know what jeremy's gonna have the least room to complain because his job doesn't require him to drive yeah he gets to do the same job he was doing out in la just in in michigan now yeah so don't complain about the snow jeremy just don't do that don't no. don't come back from california and be like oh man what i what i ever move back don't do that I'm not going to tolerate it. I'll get really upset. And He's also not allowed to send me pictures of the good euros you guys have up there. LA is, uh, that's the one thing lacking in LA food. There's a couple of good Greek places, but there's just not enough. Papa Cristo's in Koreatown, if you're ever in Los Angeles. Very good euros, but not a lot of other places where I can get some good euros. It's what too a easy crying shame. Yep, pretty much. Speaking of food, Ryan Collins asking us, what is the essential summer food? This is a good question. Do you have an essential. answer, Chris? Like, is there a go, is there a go to, is there food, a, is there a, is there a, is there a food during the summer that you can absolutely not go without having at least once? 
Um, ooh, okay. So originally I was going to say I just have a drink in mind, but I think I do have some food. But I'll, I'll start you on drink. Uh, summer shandies, absolutely. Need those. Beer plus lemonade, make your own. Tasty? Very tasty. Food, and I will count as a summer food, but just a big, hearty, cool, cold, chilled slice of watermelon. Ooh. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Like you thought I, it was going to go meat not, not, or something. No, it's it's watermelon. I, I, I kind of did. I kind of thought you were going to talk about something on a grill, but I totally family feuded you. You were like, <laughs> watermelon. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. yeah. What, what's your answer? I, I would hate to co-opt your answer, but watermelon is just such a great summer food. It, it's, 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 it's essential refreshing. summer. It's refreshing, especially if it's sitting in the fridge and it's nice and crispy and cool. It's been kept in a cooler with some ice as you're waiting at like outside uh, a grill in a picnic. Slice good, it up man. fresh right it's there. Good. Tuck the seeds wow. out if you can. Yeah. Great. Great answer. Okay. I think we're about done with the questions. I'm looking around and seeing if we got uh, anything else here. Do you have can anything? I, ask, can I, can I, I have a question. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, what What's the last movie you watched, and did you enjoy it? Last movie I watched. Okay, does does it have to be in a theater, or what? Can I just nope, any nope. movie? Any okay, movie was so the last movie on, you watched? Yeah, on Amazon Prime, I watched Valerian and the and the City of a Thousand Planets. Not familiar with it. So Valerian itself, it's like a French comic book, and they I, I adapted it to. It's a French graphic novel. They adapted it to a movie. It's a terrible movie. I was just laughing at just how bad it was. It's kind of a, a nadir. It's an unspoken nadir of comic book movies. Like, it's not as bad as some of these other superhero ones, but it's it's just funny because I'm fairly familiar with Valerian a little bit and just how they changed some of the characters are just so... Like, they turned the woman, the woman whose name is... Uh, escaping me right now off the top of my head because it is now like 85 degrees in this apartment without my ac mm -hmm. uh they changed her into like some ice queen who's like and they changed and the guy the actor who they got for valerian who i'm going to look up real quick and you're going to hear the clack of my keyboard yeah valerian city a thousand plants i just want to i i forget who the name yeah dane dehan they got him if you look him up he looks like a twink Keanu Reeves is how I would describe <laughs> him. And he sounds like Keanu Reeves too, but he's not supposed to act at all like Keanu Reeves. He's, he's supposed to have a lot more like in the comics, he's supposed to be this like gung ho soldier type. And it's just, it's such a weird look. It's beautiful. It's a very be visually beautiful movie. And the problem with that is like, yeah, that would have been a cool back in like the two thousands or something. But now nowadays everyone has like, you know, godsend CGI. I would yeah. still recommend people watch it just because the base material kind of carries the carries the movie itself. It's the the French comics are apparently like really good. I, I only know about them through passing, but it's it's one of those movies that it's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't watch it again. Now, if you caught me tonight, I'm going to be watching uh, the old Dune movie tonight, the 80s Dune movie. A lot of people have been talking about Dune again lately for whatever reason. And uh, I barely remember that the the Dune, the 1980s Dune, and I'm going to go back and watch it because I love, I love Dune. 
I have not seen Dune before. It's a very screwy film because the books themselves are very, very screwy. I read the books when I was in high school and it messed me up. The books, Dune, Dune, the book by Frank Herbert is some of the most incomprehensible science fiction you will have, but it is also probably the most creative. And people really struggle to get that out there now. What about you? What was the last movie you saw? Uh, Yesterday, I got home from my vacation up north, uh, which was me attending a wedding. But I got home, turned on Netflix, and I saw that The Departed was on there. And I, I watched The Departed with Walt. With Marky Mark out there yelling a lot. Are you a cop? You're Are a you a cop? Are you a fucking cop? <laughs> that, that's when, was that when Mark Wahlberg like got his foot back into to films? Was that movie or was, did he get a role before then? Was he doing Transformers before it departed? No, no way. Um, and I think it wasn't until after that even that he got into, um, or, uh, might've been around the same time that he did Shooter. No, Shooter was a couple of years um, after The Departed. But like, yeah, the first movie I remember with, yeah, yeah. Because I I just remember, that was the first movie I remember him in, like in modern times was The Departed. And that was like, Martin Scorsese is just so good at that kind of thing. I think I talked a few podcasts ago when we got onto movies about how hard it is to get that many stars into the same room these days. And Martin Scorsese can do that because he had what? Martin Sheen, Leonardo DiCaprio... Uh, Jack Mark Nicholson, Walter, Jack Nicholson, Brad Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, Brad Pitt. My God, well, Brad Pitt wasn't in this one. Oh no, uh, Matt Damon, Matt Damon. I always screw up Matt Brad Damon, Pitt, yeah. Matt Damon. I always do that. Well, it goes back to my theory on th- this is like the movie that has me always wondering when I say, "Hey, if Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio just like switch career paths, like would we have even noticed?" Probably not. I think less people would have met, would have like gotten hot for Damon as they did for DiCaprio. I I probably agree with that. By the I way, uh, speaking, that. speaking of big time cast things, this might be a way for you to to watch um, Valerian. Just to go back a couple steps ago, but I had completely forgotten until now. Uh, Rihanna has a role in Valerian. I think one of the last things I want to do is watch Rihanna act. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. Like, that's one of the that's one of the last things I want to be able to do. Going going back to your point real quick about direct direct you know certain directors being able to assemble, um, you yeah, know, like Scorsese these, can do that. Maybe Cohen brothers can kind of do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what what have you have you seen the cast for uh, Tarantino's new movie? I have not. Tarantino is absolutely one of those guys. I didn't even know he was making a new movie. Yeah, so he's making is it a, a western new film or is, called... it, is it a western, nope, a crime, called... or World War II? The crime drama thriller. Of course. Um, yep, yeah, so uh, a TV actor and a stunt double embark on an odyssey to make a name for themselves in the film industry during the Charles Manson murders in 69. So it's kind of surrounded around the Manson murders, but listen to this cast. Uh, Margot Robbie... Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Dakota Fanning, James Marsden, Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, Burt Reynolds, uh, Emile Hirsch. I mean, it just keeps on going on and on. But, Total turnoff yeah. on on late career Al Pacino. I'm out. Ooh-ah, ooh-ah. Last question to you related to that. Over, under, how many N-words are going to be said in this movie? Especially in a... Especially in a... <laughs> A film with I 
can't see any minorities in here. I think all these people are white. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and you know, Tarantino doesn't care about that. Like he's he survived every backlash possible. He knows he can get away with it. Uh, I don't even want to put a number on it because I know that it'll be wrong. <laughs> twenty over and under, over or under twenty, twenty and a half. Can it eat? I don't know how it could possibly be over. So I'm just going to take the under. Someone might say it rapidly in one of those like dialogue segments where they get out like five Probably. at a time. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm looking forward to this movie, though. Can I at least say that? <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a good note to end it on. Okay. <laughs> Go watch movies. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include... Doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.